How many times have you heard the phrase or Jesus say, the kingdom of heaven is like dot, dot, dot. Okay? Jesus spoke those words many times. The kingdom of heaven is like Jesus was always trying to help people to understand what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's not like a man's kingdom, a kingdom here on earth, per se, but it is a, a spiritual kingdom, all right? And so Jesus would often use what we call parables, little stories, in order that people may see and understand what the kingdom of God is like. And so he would use things that people were used to, such as farming. Farming was a huge industry back then. And many of the families would have been involved in some sort of farming. Okay? And so Jesus would often use this as a means to help explain something. Okay? Now... Jesus was making some pretty bold claims, wouldn't you say? He was the Son of God. And this, in the eyes of the Jewish people, especially the Sadducees and the Pharisees, was blasphemy. Okay? So, Jesus was trying to explain the kingdom of God, this kingdom that people would not have been familiar with by using these stories. Now, if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 23, we're going to experience... some of the parables that Jesus used. Now, we've all heard this story over and over, haven't we? Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. So what I would like to do is read through this first parable... And then we're going to expound on it and see if we can't dig up some golden nuggets to see what we can find, okay? That same day, Jesus went out of the house, and he sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables in these stories. And so one of them was this. A farmer went out to sow his seed. So farmers planting seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. Now, back then, and still in many places around the world, when you scattered seed, it was not done by farming equipment. It was held in a pouch of sorts that was draped across your shoulder. 
and it would hold 15, 20 pounds worth of seed. You would grab a handful of it, and you just kind of give it a toss, and you'd scatter it in various places. In Guatemala, the mountains are so steep, there is, there's not farming equipment that's used in many places. And so there's little spots of, of plantings. And, and instead of the corn around here being in rows and things like this, you know, up in, in the mountains of Guatemala, there's, there's a, a, a mound of seed here, and there's three or four stalks of corn or sugar cane that would grow up in one spot, and, and they're spotty, different things like that. In this case, the, the sower, the farmer, would take some seed and he'd just kind of scatter it. All right? So it's not a very accurate way of, of planting seeds per se, all right, as in rows, but it gets the seed out there and it spreads it out, okay? Now, as this farmer was sowing the seed, some fell along the path, all right? Now, the path is where people walk a lot, okay? So it's probably worn down, wouldn't you say? And the birds, they came and they ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Whenever you hear that in the Bible, you should perk right up. I got ears. I want to hear it. Okay? Everybody got ears? You'd be listening. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, and there it is, has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Does that sound like today? Does that sound like today? For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. And he goes on and he explains. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. 
But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We've all seen these things. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on what? Good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And so there is our scripture text. Let's start digging a little bit, shall we? Did you bring your shovels this morning? Did you bring your hose this morning that we can dig up some ground and find some good stuff? Right? So, while this farmer was scattering his seed, some fell where? Along the path. Do we have the path up there? What happened? <laughs> There's the path. Now, what happened to this seed? The birds, they came and ate this seed, all right? Okay, so now we've got seed that fell along a path that's kind of worn down. Many people go, there's nothing, no real soil for that to get down into. All right, the birds come, it's easy pickings. They come, they ate it up. Now, if we jump ahead to the description farther down in verse 18, it says, it explains what this all means. So basically, what this is, is it's the one who hears the message about the kingdom, but does not, what? Understand it. Now, this is very, a very key thing here that we need to take notice of. When someone hears the word of God, but they don't understand it, it's not plain to them. Maybe they can't understand the King James Bible. Maybe they can't understand the preacher. Maybe they, they don't get it. That seed of the word of God that was sown in their lives that they heard is stolen away immediately. The evil one, the Bible says, snatches it away Snatches it away before it, had, it even has a chance to grow. Okay? Next. What was the next thing that happened? Where, as this, this farmer was sowing his seed, where's the next place some of the seed ends up? On rocky places, right? Where there's little soil. Okay, so some of the feeds, seeds fell on, on the path and were taken away by the birds. And in other times, it, was, it fell on rocky places where there was not much soil. Now, what does it say happened? This one sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. So there's not much soil, so it grows really fast, starts right away. But because there's no soil... The sun did what? It scorched it out. 
The sun scorched out the seed and its root. There was no roots. There was no place for the roots to go down to make that seed strong to where it could bring in nutrients. And this example, this part of the parable represents someone who hears the word of God, who quickly receives it with joy. They quickly sprout. But because this person has no root, they only last a short time. When any kind of trouble comes or persecution or difficulties... Now, I know that you Christians don't have difficulties in your lives, but sometimes I do. Okay, so just bear with me. All right? Because these people have no roots in their lives, spiritual roots I'm talking, they only last a very short time, and they fall away very quickly. They have no roots. Okay? So we've got the word was stolen away. Okay? It was stolen away. The evil one stole away the word that was sown in their hearts. Next, when any kind of difficulty or, or uh, persecution comes, they are gone because they have no root system. They fall away quickly. Next, as the farmer was sowing his seed, where was the next place some seed fell? It fell among the thorns. All right? Now, this seed grew up, but what happened? The thorns choked it out. They choked out what was growing. Okay? And then later on, Jesus explains what this seed that fell among thorns represents. And he says, This is the person that hears the word of God, but, now listen to this, because we're all vulnerable to this. The worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, they choke the word, making it what? unfruitful unfruitful it is god's will that we produce fruit in our lives it's god's will that the seeds of god's holy spirit produce fruit in our lives and that we produce a crop for the kingdom of god but in this case this person hears the word of God, but the worries of this life, do you know that there are worries in this life? I know, it's hard to believe. There are worries in this life, okay? I worked a long day yesterday. I'm too tired to get up and go to church today. My kids got to go to football practice, so we can't go to youth group. We got this going on. We got that going on. The worries of life. How about the deceitfulness of wealth? All right? I, I got I to gotta work on Sunday so that I can pay off this. I got to work on Sunday so that I can do this. 
I, I'm too busy to be about the kingdom of God because I've got this stuff going on in my life. We all experience that. It's a part of life. But what do we do with it? How do we respond? I remember as a young man in youth group, okay, a few years ago, I wanted to play football really bad, okay? And so my mom and dad said, yes, you can play football, okay? You must sit in a garbage bag in the back of the vehicle, but you can play football. (laughs) True story. But practices included Wednesday nights. What was on Wednesday nights? Youth group was on Wednesday nights, so I would miss youth group. So I had to make a decision as to what I was going to do. Now, would I sacrifice youth group to play football? And I really felt like God was kind of putting this in my court. So I was 15 years old, okay? So what I did was I went to my coach. I was scared to death. Okay, I was scared to death. I went to my coach and I said, Coach, I want to play football, but I can't make it Wednesday nights. And he says, I, you got you to come practice every day or you can't play in the game. I said, yeah, but I got youth group. And he says, well, can't you talk to them and change the day <laughs> for football? No, I can't do that. They can't change the day. There's other people other than me that do go to youth group. Okay? So he says, well, I don't know what to tell you. And so I told him this. I said, coach, I'll work extra hard. I'll be here whenever you want me to be here, but I'm not going to be here on Wednesday night. I can stay till 4 o'clock or whatever time I said. But after that... I have to go because I have to be at youth group. And so the risk was that I don't play football. Okay? And that to me was a big deal. And he shook his head and he gave me a hard time, but he said, okay. But if he says, I see you lagging, you're going to get it. You won't play. I says, okay, I promise I won't. And so... I continued going to youth group and I continued playing football for a few years. It is God's will that we produce fruit in our lives. There are decisions that we have to make that are not easy as Christians, as believers. If anyone would come after me, he must what? Deny himself and what? Take up his cross and follow me. In this life, there are worries. There are the deceitfulness of wealth. There is this. There is always things that are trying to separate you from what God wants in your life. God wants us to produce fruit. And so in this case, these seeds fell among thorns. And the worries of this life, other things became more important, that's what happened, than the kingdom of God in this person's life. 
the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word, making it unfruitful. When the enemy makes us unfruitful, he's all but succeeded. Has he not? When we become unfruitful, the enemy has all but succeeded. Next. Now we see some seed that falls on some good soil. Finally! Finally, we got some good soil. All right. Now we're going to see some stuff happen, okay? So this seed that fell on good soil was able to grow its roots, had what it needed, and it produced a crop of a hundred times, 60 times, or 30 times what was sown. This is God's perfect will in our lives. In this Example, the seed fell on good soil. This is the person who hears the same message that all the other ones heard, mind you, and he understands it. She understands the word. And it produces a crop. It produces a harvest. The farmer is always looking to the harvest. Do you know that? The farmer is always awaiting the harvest. Do you know what it is right now? It's harvest time, folks. It's harvest time. And so all the farmers are busy about bringing in the harvest. Why? Because winters are coming. All right? The farmer is excited. He's been anticipating for months now, waiting for the harvest to be ripe and ready. And now it is time to harvest what he has sown. And with it, the increase. With it, the crop. With it, the return. A hundred times, 60 times, or 30 times what was sown. In the investment world, that is a huge return. Wouldn't you say? This is always the goal. Always to produce fruit, to produce a crop, to produce a harvest, a return on what was sown. Collectively and individually, we strive to produce more and more fruit. The farmer is always looking for ways to increase what he is harvesting. Is there unused land around me that can be harvested? Do you know that we allow farmers to plant and harvest some of our property here at Alabama Full Gospel out behind us? Because it's not used much. So they asked, can we, can we plant and, 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 and harvest on your property as long as you're not using it? Yes, you can. And this is good for the property because it keeps it from growing up and bushes and thistles and trees and things, and then you lose it. Okay, this is helpful. It helps to keep the property managed. Okay, but that farmer is always looking for ways to increase his harvest. And so is the Lord. 
The Lord is looking for fruit in our lives. We must do our best to help people, one, to understand. If the people don't understand, it ends there. I have a great honor and respect for the King James Bible. And I quote it. But here's the thing. If you have a new believer and they can't understand the King James Bible, what may happen? They're not going to read it anymore. And they're going to say, I can't understand this stuff. Okay? I'm not willing to risk that. I would rather see them, have them understand a version, NIV or something else, that they can understand and comprehend, and the Word of God gets in them. Do you see? Do you see the risk if we're so narrow-minded that King James is the only Bible, the only real Bible, do you see you're slamming the door of, of heaven in people's faces? I'm unwilling to do that. We should be unwilling to do that. Get the word in. Make them understand it. That is the importance. Not what version. Get the word in. It's God's word that is sent out and will not return what? Void. It will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent out. And that is to save people. So first, we must help our people to understand the Word of God. They must understand. So the Word is not stolen from their hearts by the enemy because he's right there just waiting. Have you ever seen a new believer that is trying to get to church? They're trying to make some changes in their lives and they're trying to get to church. Have you ever seen like, it's all like all hell breaks loose in their lives. Okay? It's like the enemy is pulling out all the stops to try to keep them from going to church. That's not coincidental. He's trying to steal it away. He's trying to create circumstances in their lives that they have to focus on on the washer that just broke. Their car broke down. Their kid got sick. They couldn't come to church and so on and so forth. I've seen it happen over and over and over. First, we must help them understand the Word of God so it's not stolen from their hearts. Secondly, we must help them to establish roots. They must be able, through the understanding, to be able to grow those roots down into the soil because when those roots get down into the soil, they're able to suck up the nutrients, the good stuff that helps them to be strong. So that when the difficulties and the persecution come, they are strong enough to remain true to the faith. So that when the difficulties and persecution comes, they are strong enough to endure it and remain true to the faith. These are essential, essential understanding. Growing their roots. Thirdly, 
We must warn them and warn ourselves of the worries of this life. Because there is a decision that must be made in the lives of believers. Am I going to allow circumstances, worries of life, to come in place of the priority of the kingdom of God in my life? Am I going to allow things, circumstances, worries, and the like to be more important than being here in church on Sunday morning? Now, I don't mean to step on some toes here today. I'm sure that I am. I don't mean to hurt. But friends, if I didn't love you, I would say nothing. The Word of God. It is God's will that we produce fruit in our lives. If we don't understand the Word of God, the seed is stolen. If our roots are not growing down into the soil, we anointed Brother Ron this morning, him and his family, their roots are growing down into the soil. Two years ago, Ron wouldn't darken the door of a church. He wouldn't talk to me. Now, look at him. Hallelujah. And I don't say this to puff him up or anything, but I'm amazed at what God is doing. And his life is producing fruit. Sometimes, my my dad would say this often, we need to take inventory. My dad had a way of just communicating things really good. Sometimes we need to take inventory in our own lives. Are we producing fruit for the kingdom of God? Am I growing in my faith? If I look back five years ago and I assess my life then and I compare it to my life now, is there an increase in the harvest, in, my, in fruit in my life? Okay? Because if there's not, something's wrong. There should be a constant movement forward. There should be constant growth, and those roots begin to grow down, and they grow deep. And if you've been a Christian for a long time and, and in service in the kingdom of God for a long time, there eventually comes a time when you are probably going to be a teacher of some sort. Okay, You may not hold that title, but you have the wisdom and the experience to teach younger believers, and that's the way that it works. That's the way that it works. And many of the people that were here at the beginning of our church 30-something years ago are now in positions where they are teaching other people. And that's the way that it works. And we continue to teach other people. You know what we're doing? We're making disciple makers. Yeah? We're not only making disciples, we're making disciple makers so that the process keeps going. So that the kingdom keeps growing. So that the harvest keeps getting bigger and bigger.
we must first understand, help them understand, help them to grow the roots, warn them of the worries of life so that they are not distracted by the things that try to steal their attention away from Christ. We as a church strive to invest in the lives of people in order that they produce fruit for the kingdom of God. In Matthew 28, 18 and 19, the great what? The great commission. Go into all the world and make what? Disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and doing what? Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants us to produce fruit in our lives in increasing measure. It's not enough that we produce this amount of fruit. We should be increasing in measure all the time. Increasing in knowledge, increasing in maturity, teaching others how to follow Christ. In the Bible, it talks about, in Revelation, that the love of many will wax cold. Matthew 24 as well. The love of most will wax cold, it says. And so you can see a trend beginning to happen where there is decisions made to do other things outside of the kingdom of God. Other things are beginning and in increasing measure to take the place of God and faith in our lives across the world. This is a cancer in the church today. It is a cancer. And it's growing. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for those who have allowed these things to creep in. We need to pray. We need to make sure that we are preaching the truth of God's Word. We need to make sure that we are doing our part. Do you know that you guys are priests and kings in your own homes? In a sense, that means that we have a responsibility in our own homes to make sure that our families are hearing the Word of God. We as packed members of uh, pastors aligned for community transformation, the dozen or 15 pastors in the area that meet together. I love those guys. <laughs> I really do. They are really my friends. And we really love each other. It is our desire to create an atmosphere in our churches. And if you go from one to the other, it looks different everywhere you go. Thank God. Okay? It's going to sound a little bit different everywhere you go, okay? But it's, it's important that 
people. It's our desire to create an atmosphere where people have the ability to hear and respond to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repeated opportunities. Do you understand? So we create that atmosphere where people can come to Christ and understand the word of God, to be able to establish their roots and produce fruit in their lives and be warned of things that are trying to steal them away from the kingdom. Are there things in your life that are trying to steal you away from the kingdom of God? Are the worries of this life trying to steal you away? Be careful, friends. Be careful not to allow things of this life to come between you and the Lord. Would you stand with me today? It's good for us to be reminded of things, to take inventory, as my dad would say, and to see how we are performing, in a sense. Okay? To see how we are performing. Because unless we do these things, unless we do these self-check things, we don't know how we're doing. And we just get stuck in the mundane, and we get in this rut, and we're stuck there, and years go by, and we're still in the same place. Don't allow that to be you. Don't allow that to be you. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Lord, you are good, (laughs) and your mercy endures forever. We love you, Lord. But Father, each one of us is susceptible to the worries of this life. We want, Lord, as you do, to produce fruit in our lives. We want our church to produce fruit. We want our community to produce fruit for you. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for putting other things before you. Help us to make decisions that will produce fruit for the kingdom and produce fruit in our lives. Help us to be strong enough to make those decisions for your sake. Help us, God, to count the cost and to stick with it, to remain true to the faith, to remain committed and sold out to you. And if in areas in our lives where we are lacking, help us, God. Help us, Lord, to do better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.